0: Taylor Elf, welcome to Aiden Meets Interesting People. Uh, Good to have you.
1: Thank you. I'm glad you uh, classify me as an interesting person. I'm not sure if it's for a good reason or a bad reason.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, this podcast has been a year in my head and I always come back to it when I meet someone like you who I think... Is super interesting and has this sort of, um, not a past or a history, that makes you sound like a criminal, but <laughs> um, a, a background, I guess, that is super, super interesting and this is one of my only ways to be able to sit down and chat with these people because, you know, to be honest, if I invited you to the pub and said, let's go and talk about bike racing, I'd probably get in trouble. Your boyfriend <laughs> would fight me. And one
1: cider and you never know what will come out <laughs> of me after one drink.
0: <laughs> so uh, we're in, in your garage. Is this, is this your happy place?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Look, I don't know much about the, um, a lot about motorbikes in terms of how to do engine work. Um, I know how to ride it quickly, but if you're asking me anything about the engine or anything like that. Right. I have no idea. Um, so it's my happy place in the means of I get to look at it and stare at it and look at how pretty it is Polish and just it up. kind of think like, this is my bank account right here. <laughs> like, this is why there is no money in my bank account. Your
0: entire savings account pretty is just much. In here in one uh, one shot.
1: Yeah. Wow. And then I also like it because Ted, my partner, he races as well and I just get to watch him work on my bike uh, instead of me doing it and I don't get my hands dirty. So. <laughs> right. So you know where the
0: go fast is and you know where the uh, where the is and that's just about it
1: pretty much yeah right. can, can you <laughs>
0: t- tell me about the um the the bikes that you race now like what what series are you in and how is that series What's the hierarchy of those series um, in in Australian motorsport?
1: Yeah, so so this bike here is a Yamaha R3. Uh, So I race this bike in the Australian Championships and we have two categories in the Australian Championship for this. Uh, So we've got the Australian Supersport 300 class and then we also have the Australian uh, R3 class. So the Supersport 300 class, that's uh, sort of comprised of a whole heap of different bikes. There's the Yamahas, the Kawasaki's, uh, and yeah, that's it for those ones. um And then the R3 oh, class is a bit of a
0: mixed manufacturer, bit of a one. mixed one. Yeah, yeah. and
1: then KTM's are in that one as well. Um, and then the R3 class is just specifically just a race with the R3s. R3s. Yeah.
0: So the obviously, if you're racing in a mixed class, you can probably um, change the setup of the bikes a bit more. If you're racing in the R3s, do they really have to be fairly standard throughout the series
1: that was a rule sort of when so these bikes um i think that this category has been out for maybe five or so years don't quote me on that i'm not sure um but it hasn't been around for very long so when uh the r3s first came out and that was a split championship uh the rules were you couldn't touch your bike and then in the super sport 300 you did have a little bit of leniency with what you could do with them and then sort of throughout the years it was getting, we were getting faster on them and it was getting a little bit dangerous as such um, because we were just trying to push the bikes to their limits and we were pushing them past their limits. And then right. that's when they kind of said, yep, cool, you can do, um, you know, you can have the aftermarket suspension and just, they made it so that it was a little bit safer so that we could also go quicker. So yeah, back in the day they would, you could do different things to the bike, but now this year and, and last year, um, yeah, you could make a few more changes to it. So. Yeah.
0: Talking about safety, I uh, stalked your Instagram. Um, your first Instagram post, you're running over your own neck. <laughs> there's a photo of you yeah, in hospital with a black yeah. tire mark across your neck. Yep. yep.
1: Uh, and, that was from my own bike. Yeah, yeah, well.
0: yeah, yeah. And then there's yeah. a video of you running over your own neck.
1: Yep. Is that yeah. where the interesting people come from? Like, yeah, I'm sure there's not very right. many people you could talk to <laughs> yeah. that have been like, yeah, I've run over, run over my own, own neck. neck. Yeah, yeah, yep. So obviously, the sport is a safe. As it could be, um, what can you do really? It's nice. safety-wise when you know you're riding bikes. Like these bikes get to 200 k's an hour, but you know you can get upwards of 300 kilometers an hour on, on a super bike. So you yeah. know we do whatever we can to stay safe. And yeah, that one that was on a Moto 3. Um, that was at Darwin at Hidden Valley, and <laughs> my uh, you know the old famous saying, my ambition outweighed my talent. Right. And um, I was trying to make a pass on somebody for second place, and my foot peg dug into the ground and it lifted the back wheel up and then i went to high side but then as the bike was sliding out the back wheel got back on the ground and i just <laughs> went straight over the handlebars and just sort of went down under yeah, the bike. but that's... it was great because there wasn't much damage to the bike because as we were sliding along the road i was underneath it yeah. so all the damage was on me oh, nothing on the bike right um i still went to hospital went uh mm. they cleaned out my neck with no anesthetic no numbing or anything like that and then went back to the track the next day and raced
0: continue so, to race yep I can't imagine that. When you go surfing, you get like the wetsuit rash on your neck and you can't go surfing for like three days. (laughs) I can't imagine running over my own neck on a motorbike. Well, that's not, that's not even the worst
1: one. That's not even the worst sort of thing that I've done. I've got a tendency. Go on, fill me
0: in. So, give me a few top injuries. So,
1: my number one, like the the running over my neck was probably number two of the injury list. How old were Um, you when you
0: ran over your own neck? I
1: was 15, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 15 maybe. Um, But then it was about three years ago, I think, and we were racing at Phillip Island. It was on this bike and... um, it was the second corner on the first lap. So, you know, we were all bunched up, especially in this class, there's 45 riders all on the same track trying to be first. And, um, in turn two, you kind of, you, you hit the first apex, you run out and then you hit a second one. And I went, um, as we were going out to that second apex, somebody came on the inside of me and their brake disc somehow, obviously we stick our legs out and stuff. So my leg was sticking out and his brake disc just hit it up my knee at the perfect level and Uh, his brake disc went through my leg into my knee and to my femur. Um and literally just sliced through my leg like a hot knife on butter. I didn't crash. I finished the race and I- Didn't just, crash?
0: Didn't pull you off?
1: No, no. I, I elbowed him off me and then that kind of like separated us and yeah. then I just, I kept on racing. I think what I What sort of
0: speeds are we doing here at this at coming out of that second bend? Uh,
1: I think you're sitting at about 100, maybe a little bit over 100k an hour. Right, yeah. Um, so you've got
0: 100km an hour yeah, rotating, elbow- rotating brake disc, right? Ro-
1: yeah, and, and the brake disc get to oh, like, you know-
0: it's super hot. Yeah. So you've basically got yeah. a hot circular hot
1: knife going through butter, yeah. but um, luckily it quarterized. But anyway, so long story <laughs> yes. short, I finished the race. I think I finished 12th out of 45 riders with a massive laceration in my knee. Um, I got off the bike. I tried to put weight on my knee and I fainted. Everyone thought that I was just really unfit, you know, faint enough, fainting after a race. Right. And I was like, no, like, I think I've lost my kneecap. Like, I couldn't see it. Somebody came over, lifted up my leathers and they were like, uh. oh... You, yep, there's no kneecap there. And so while you're
0: while you're racing, are you uh, have you got time to sort of glance down and go like, oh, no, that doesn't look good? The funny thing
1: was is that I was annoyed because my leathers were torn. My leathers were torn. I had no idea. It <laughs> like, It was just like a <laughs> bit of a wet wind, like coming oh. through, and I was like, oh, you know, I was so mad. But anyway, so I had a massive <laughs> argument with um, the medics when I went to the ambulance, and they were like, you need to go to hospital. You need to go have surgery on this now because it was about. Three to five centimeters away from my femoral artery. This and right. it was like it was yes. a clean cut. That's and, a quite uh, a serious artery. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's could a, have died. That's a, that's a one. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. And uh, they were like, "You need to go to hospital. Um, you need surgery." And I was like, "No, I'm not. Not going. Like, this is the first race of the weekend. This is the beginning of the championship. I'm not going. Put stitches on it and let me go." And they were like, "We can't. No, you need to go to hospital." And I was like, "No, I was like, I just finished a race with it open. So clearly, I can keep on <laughs> racing." And I was like, "Put stitches in it and let me go." And they were like. Radio, anyway they just kept saying you can't do it and I was like no really? do it and they were like righto well if we do it you can't we can't put very much anaesthetic into your leg because you need to be able to feel it to yeah, know the it, it rips when you're out and there and, and I was like that's fine and I yeah. was like do it with little anaesthetic so they did they put four stitches in my leg um i kept on racing for the rest of the weekend and then went to the after party still as you do um and then yeah, put a bit more anesthetic
0: in your body at that point yeah pretty much just so i couldn't feel it and then
1: yeah got flown home and then had emergency surgery and i was in hospital for five days oh my god yeah (laughs) and then raced two weeks later and got the lap record at wakefield so (laughs) nice sucked in ambulance people don't tell me what to do taught them wrong
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so The class that you race in is a a, a mixed gender class, isn't it? So there's obviously predominantly males. And then how many females in, say, the R3 and then the supersport categories?
1: So it's hard to say, really. Um, For so many years, I was the only female who was racing full-time in the actual championship itself. So um, there are a few more females sort of coming through, but they're not really racing full-time in a sense with that. Um, Is that a cost thing
0: or...? D- geography. Just like being because able to there's travel? not
1: just because there's not very many females doing it. And, yeah. You know, it's one motivated. of those things, like it's a very, very expensive sport. So, you know, yeah. if you're not completely committed into it, imagine. then what's then what's the point, you know? Um and it's been really, really good to see more females getting into it because yeah, when I started I was one of the only females in my class for God, eight years or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of weird in a way when the first female came. And it's funny because I am so much more determined to beat a female than I am a male. Yeah, like if yeah. I have a female beat me, like there's a really, really good racer in Australia as well. Her name's Laura Brown. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, her and I are pretty similar pace and I remember like the first time she beat me in qualifying and I was ropeable like I have never yeah. been so mad about somebody beating me before and it was just because you know I've no never be I've always second. been known as like the fastest female yeah thing. and then when right. Laura came and she beat me in qualifying and I was like no and I was I've never been more determined in my life like I went home I started training like you know <laughs> I, but it's great it's great determination in yeah, a way it's good motivation. Um, but yeah more females are getting into it for sure but yeah there's still obviously there's two females compared to 45 males in our class. You're so, right,
0: yep. right. And is it uh, competing against the males obviously motivates you because you're like, you know, screw these guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke them. Um, is it harder to race as a female? Is there um, an advantage into being male and maybe being stronger in order to be able to wrestle the bike? Or is it just once, it, once the bike's moving and, and you can get it to go back and forth, it really doesn't make much difference?
1: I don't think that there's a difference. I think yeah. there's quite a large misconception, really, that you know, if you're a female, you're, you're disadvantaged. But you know, I've I've made it pretty evident throughout all of my racing that it's not, you know, it's it's not a disadvantage being a female. I've won races in the Australian Championship. I've gotten on the podium in one of the most competitive classes in Australia. Like I've gone overseas. I've done all that. So yeah. I think that alone just shows that there isn't that difference that people think that there is. Like, yes, I'd, it's hard for me to sort of get that easy muscle mass that you know a lot of the males can and I'm quite short as well but yep. you know I can't really I've tried racing a 600 and I just wasn't I wasn't strong enough couldn't touch the floor on the ground <laughs> but you know again there's another female over in um in New Zealand Avalon Biddle she actually won the 600 Championship, Oh, but really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, she's shorter than me, um, but she trains absolute butt off. And yeah. she actually sort of changed a few things around on the 600 to suit her small size. Okay. So, you know, there yeah. are a lot of females doing really cool things in this sport. Um, but, you know, and like I said, there's, there's such a misconception around it. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I would s-
0: honestly believe that, you know, um, <sighs> I, I made the link with horse racing yep. that female jockeys do equally as well as male jockeys because... Yep really doesn't matter because you're not I mean and I don't know anything about horse racing so (laughs) someone can write to me and go you're full of crap Aiden but then you're not wrestling the horse around you're guiding it more so exactly whereas when I watch motorbike racing I'm seeing someone come in and they've got it leaned right over on the right and then they've got to flick it back to the left hand side and go equally as far on the left hand side which I can imagine takes a hell of a lot of upper body and core strength and, and yeah. legs just to hang on to the thing.
1: Definitely. And I think it's just one of those things like, you know, if you are a female in the sport and you are good at it, then you know that you just ha- you do have to work that little bit harder to get the, you know gain that extra muscle mass yeah. to be able to do something like that. Like, you know, even me, I don't really go to the gym much anymore, but when I do race in the championship, I go to the gym all the time and I just still can't quite get you know I can't get that muscle up that that no. I need to they're not big.
0: I mean but races aren't big guys are they look at Valentino not, no. Rossi and Stone yeah. and they're pretty skinny sort no, of no
1: they're not at all but you they're know not. there's like Anna Carrasco she won the world championship in in this category in the yeah. three in the 300 category um for the world championship she's won that Avalon Biddle won a New Zealand championship I've won races in the Australian championship so yeah you know I think I think bit by bit the it's pedigree's becoming it's becoming it. more obvious that being a female is no yeah. hindrance in so, what you do so
0: what what is the barrier then why why aren't there as many females
1: I don't know. You know, it's, it's one of those things for me personally, I hate whenever I tell somebody who, you know, maybe doesn't know me or anything like that, that I race motorbikes and they just instantly think that I ride at the back. I've had so many sexist comments said to me like, Oh, you know, it's good to see, you know, it's good to see yeah. you out there giving it a crack. Come and on then 23rd or re- yeah, yeah, Yeah. And then yeah. I get really defensive and I'm like, no, like I've actually won races in the yeah. championship and I've found, I have to change my wording as to how I, go about saying that i race motorbikes because if i just say yeah i race motorbike they're like oh yeah cool you're giving it a crack you're at the back you're probably getting lapped like you can just see that and then i know that that's what they're thinking because when i start to talk about my results and say like i've gone over the world to race i've done all this you kind of see their eyes just be like
0: yeah actually oh, she's oh. Legit. and
1: like literally some people are being like oh so you're actually good at what you do and i'm like well yeah funnily enough like yeah no i am good at what i do thank you like not sure if i'm going to take that as a compliment or not <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, look, who, Some, who knows, uh, dishonest really? backpedaling
0: from them at that point? Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. yeah actually it's picking... one of
1: those things. That's a, it's a male sport, but why? Like, why is it? No <laughs> one, no one can actually answer that question. And I think that's maybe how we need to go about it when people say it's a male-dominated sport. Well, why? Yeah. Like, what, what genetically is stopping females from being in the sport? We don't know. Like... Can't think of any. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
0: Hang on, hang on to the bike and uh, and just drive its yeah. drive its head off. And exactly. <laughs> I, so. Uh, on a, on a on a weekend, so are you racing in the Supersport category and the R three in the same weekend? Yes. So they race separately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so separately
1: and still in the same championship. What's a
0: yeah. what's a weekend for you? Yeah, separately. But what's a what's a weekend for you look like?
1: A massive Busy by the sound of it. For a race weekend. So, yeah. especially doing the two categories. Um, so, singularly, we have um, like the Friday is always a practice. So, we have um, three 20-minute practices on a Friday. Um, and then on a, the Saturday, we have two qualifying sessions and a race. And then Sunday, we have two races. And then obviously, that's the same for the R3 and the Super Sports. So, that's right, double. So, you're
0: double, double that, doubling double.
1: that. Yeah. Which is also double the money because we need double the tires, double everything else. Yeah. But yeah, it's good track time and, you know, it makes you a better rider because you're just constantly going, really. You're on the track. Yeah, so yeah.
0: Practice must be pretty difficult for a bike rider. I mean, you're living down here in Warrnambool. We don't have a motorbike track at all, so I don't even know why you're here, to be well and truly <laughs> honest. but um, If you're a runner, like the majority of your practice is running, yeah? If you're a swimmer, the majority of your practice is in the water. But if you're a bike racer, the majority of your – of your practice can't be on the track one because you live in Warrnambool and there is no track here <laughs> but two track days and stuff I mean you can't just roll on down to Phillip Island on a Tuesday afternoon because you had finished work early and, and do 50 laps right
1: yeah it's um it's it was one of those hard things but it's funny you say you know you're in Warrnambool there's no tracks around but yeah. uh, we're so used to traveling to get to all of these tracks and in Warrnambool you know we're five and a half hours from Phillip Island we're five hours from Winton we're three and a half from Broadford and you know, two hours around Gambia, six hours to tail and bend spot. In Brisbane, like where I used to live, um, we had Warwick, which was two hours away. And then the next closest track to that was 15 at Wakefield in Sydney. So right. there's actually a lot more tracks here in Warrnambool. We're probably the luckiest place here yeah. that there is so many diverse tracks. Because yet, yeah, like I said, in Brisbane, I had one track, which was Warwick and yeah. So yeah, yeah, it still- actually makes,
0: does make sense that you're here. Yes, See? exactly.
1: Yeah. And obviously like you, know, you, can do mo- you can do motocross racing and um, you know you can do track days at Lake Gilear and stuff like that. Because really, you just need to keep bike fit but um, yeah pretty much any, like leading up to a championship race, um, there's always like a pre-season test that is there. Um, and then you're not allowed to ride at that track two weeks before you race. So no testing is allowed to go. Oh, okay. Two weeks before. Until those Friday. Yep. And yeah. then, and then yeah. And then Friday, that's when it all sort of kicks off. So,
0: so you mentioned practicing out at Lake Um, A lot of people probably won't know. That's a very different track than, say, Phillip <laughs> Island, which is where the V8 supercars and you guys obviously race on the road. Yeah, uh, Lake Gilear is... Mud and jumps and dirt. Yep. I'll just see how does this go on the jumps?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind taking this thing out. I reckon it would not be too bad. Different I reckon it would be less scary than the, uh, than the 450. But no, nah, um, like I said, I'm lucky that I've got Ted who races as well. So he's got a, uh, a Suzuki 450 that we often take out to Lake Galea. But I yeah. think I'm banned from riding that at right. the moment. So crashed it. Crashed it a little bit too much. He got nice. brand new plastics on it, took it out. Who's Minecraft the
0: craziest there. out of superbike riders? and dirt supercross riders hitting those jumps at that speed I've, I've ridden a bike that's very powerful and, and, and a mate races at yeah. Lake Gilear I can't imagine hitting jumps on those things like I was hitting like ruts in the in the paddock and just felt like I was going to launch
1: it's one of those things I don't know if it's like you know who's crazier out of the two like I feel like when you're just in your in your element then you know I could never be a motocross racer I'm really bad at it i suck at um i suck at racing motocross and i think that's pretty evident as well if you see me watch (laughs) uh, ride a motocross bike you'd watch me and be like she doesn't know what she's doing you would never think oh no she's actually won an australian championship race like no she knows what she's doing but i'm hopeless and like same thing as well you know casey stoner world champion goes to v8 supercars and and can't race a v8 supercar and you would think V8 supercar racing would be easy because you're in a cage. It's you know a little bit safer. But right. you know, I reckon we're all just as crazy as one another. Yeah. Really, it doesn't really matter what discipline you're in. I think we all have a little bit of a screw loose. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: watched um, Mick Doohan one year. You would know who Mick Doohan yep, was being a course. motorbike racer. Yep, yep. A lot of people your age would have no idea yep. who Mick Doohan was. A <laughs> uh, well, world champion world, uh, yep. motorbike racer, probably three or four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched him actually race on four wheels um, in the Race of Champions event uh, in Beijing, And yeah, no good no good.
1: But you'd think it would. Like, I, um, my, one I'm of sure my, yeah. um, like, one of my best friends back home, Luke Spaulding, um, he passed away, unfortunately, but mm. he used to race, um, with like he used to race, uh, race V8s, um, Formula 3, stuff like that, and um, I actually got the chance to uh, drive in one of his V8 cars that they did set up for him to race, but unfortunately, he passed away before he could, and um, it was the coolest experience, actually, like, driving a V8 supercar, and right. I was, I was two seconds off, I think, in my like second day that I went, I was like two or three seconds off the like the state lap record around QR, and I was like, It's right. actually a pretty cool, pretty cool." Sport. Yeah, which which so, track was this? Uh, Queensland Raceway. Queensland Raceway. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. QR. Yeah, but yeah, QR. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and obviously and that's that would Queensland, have been a very
0: different. Yeah, obviously a very different experience. It was. Um, it was
1: crazy. Like you know, you only used huge. to Yeah, it <laughs> was just and but I felt I felt safe, but still, when I crashed the car, which I did, I locked the brakes up and did you? spun oh, out good and, on you. and you know, I was. Oh, myself, a lot of your like, stories
0: finish in and then I crashed.
1: Yeah, I've got a tendency for it. Yeah, yeah I've got a tendency for it. I like to, um, yeah, I always like to push my limits way too much. <laughs>
0: um, I, I drove, I went to one of those, um, what are they, like an organisation, like a company that gives you V8 supercar um, a test, right? Yeah, you know, like yep. you hire the car and you drive around it. And uh, I was driving around, I was having a great time. Uh, but it did cross my mind that this is not like a V8 supercar It sounded like one And the internal sort of sounded like really one it really
1: cool driving it as well Yeah, and I
0: felt really cool I felt really fast because I was overtaking a lot of people But what was really funny is I had an earpiece in, I think, in my helmet So I could yeah. hear the guy Yeah, I
1: could hear them, yep
0: But I kept asking him questions And after about lap two, he turned around and said Stop talking to me, I can't hear you <laughs> I was asking questions like, oh, should I cut out this way and cut back in? I was trying to be very professional yep, about it. Yep. I was looking for a contract, I think. But anyway, in the end, he said... And
1: for you are. Yeah. And he kept, he
0: kept trying to tell me, oh, you need to brake earlier and, and you know, as you do when you're racing. Yep. But I only had yep. six laps. So I just wanted to thrash it. I didn't, yeah. I, you didn't, some, you
1: didn't care about braking. Like, didn't what care. What were the brakes like? Yeah. I'd put who them on. Knows? I'd just
0: put them on real late. Yeah. Dive in. and Yeah. <laughs> Get um, the whole experience. But uh, yeah, actually driving a a proper supercar must be, must be t- you <laughs> might make the change if, if bike racing doesn't I would have work
1: liked out. to, um, I'm pretty close family, uh, pretty close like family friends with them so he actually messaged me the other day saying if I wanted to, uh, wanted to get back in the bike and Luke's do it, dad? Do it no? yeah Luke's dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, messaged me saying do I want to get back in the car and do an endurance race with um, Luke's sister Bella and unfortunately I was here and because of COVID I couldn't get there so yeah. a little bit of a bummer about that one but ah, yeah, doors- hopefully hopefully we can be back in it sooner. Doors open later. though, Yes, doors open. <laughs>
0: Um, back to, back to learning how to race. I did my research and found out that you rode a motorbike on the same day that you learned how to ride a push bike <laughs> because you were so determined to show your dad that you could ride a motorbike that you just had to, uh, had to you push. had to ride the pushy first. That were the rules. Yeah,
1: it was a, uh, yeah, I guess... Everyone's always like, where'd you start? Like, were your family into it? Like, you know, how did you get involved? I'm like, no, I was a stubborn two and a half year old who wanted to do flips on a motorbike after yeah. watching the Krusty Demons. That's literally how it started. Like, right. you know, mum and dad had bikes before me and my sister were born. Um, but once my sister who's older than me, Jacinta, she was born, they've kind of sold all the bikes and thought we should probably be responsible adults. Yeah. And um, yeah, then yeah, two and a half years old, took me to a Krusty Demons race meet. And yeah, I literally threw a tantrum on the floor. I said, no, I'm not leaving until I want to do what they Hey, do I want to do backflips on right. a motorbike? And Dad was you like, "You saw the other oh kids God, getting like, like ice creams and
0: lollies, and you wanted the bike." Yeah, bikes. and here's <laughs> me wanting the
1: bike. Typical, like two and a half female girl. Like my parents were just kind of like, "Yeah, cool. We've really, you know, <laughs> done good here, haven't we, Stephen?" Um, and yeah, got one, got one for Christmas. And but the rule was that I couldn't ride the motorbike until I learned how to ride a push bike without training wheels. Right. So I learned how to ride the push bike in less than a day. Apparently, I got like ten meters up the road um, with no one holding me, no training wheels, and apparently did that and then I um I literally like threw the bike down and then ran into the shed put my bike on I said righto dad I'm ready to go and he was like yeah cool radio anyway had my first ride around and apparently the first thing that I said when I like got off the Wee 50 was. Oh, Mum, I love it. I just I don't have to use my legs. It's just so easy to ride. And I'm like, <laughs> my did my it have training wheels your... that bike? Was it Yo, like? A motor... no! Back in the day, there was no such thing as getting Wee 50 with training wheels. Because I've seen kids so, have them. Yeah. Yeah. Now wheels. nowadays they do, but yeah, yeah that they, they didn't back then. And uh, just well, off you back go. then, 23 years ago, 20 years ago. Got, yeah. Because
0: even ago. riding a even riding a push bike at three's. Not unimpressive, like even. my, yeah. like I think my kids were five or yeah. older. I was
1: just out determined, and I think it's because yeah. I literally just want to do backflips on it, like you know. Man, your dad
0: wishes he had taken you somewhere cheaper that night. Yeah, didn't he? I know, literally. <laughs> uh, let's t- let's talk about costs. Um, obviously, a weekend is a, is a huge deal. When you roll up to Phillip Island, say, for a weekend of Supersport and R3, you've already got the bike, you've got the leathers, you've got the helmet, you've got all that sort of stuff. How do you get through the weekend? You need fuel, you need tyres, you need... New plastics, if you've been it, you need yep. entry fees. How, it, uh, what's a weekend going to cost you to run?
1: It's, it adds up, and you know, it's, Can imagine. it's we don't like to add it up a lot of the time, <laughs> right? Um, put your fingers you know, in like your ears. A, a, yeah. set, a set of tyres, um, cost around four hundred and fifty five hundred dollars for one set, and yep. we go through about three sets. Four sets, even um, depending on how good I'm going throughout the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually four sets of tires for a weekend and right. 500, so you're looking sixteen hundred bucks. bucks. Yep, just the yeah. tires, and then obviously we've got like accommodation, we've got fuel to drive there. Um, yeah, all of the plastics yeah. for it, and you know if you crash one of these bikes. Luckily, with the R three and they luckily with the r3 it's a little bit cheaper um than most categories mm-hmm. uh but at the same time you say cheaper and i've had a crash before that cost me four grand to fix and Yuck. didn't cost that much pretty much to buy a bike so right um you know and same with the helmets uh you we have the highest quality helmet that you can get like i wear an ri helmet and yep. you know when you crash that um you can't use your helmet again so that's $1,200 right there, just in your helmet. And, you know, it's pretty funny. Riders can have broken bones. They can have complete broken legs. And we, if, obviously, when you have a broken leg, they got to get you out of your leathers and they cut them open. Yeah. And any single rider refuses to get them cut off. Like, we, you could have, a, like, my dad had a shattered ankle once riding Motard. And he was like, no, nah, you're not cutting these leathers off me. Like, these, yeah. are, expensive. these are expensive. Like, like expensive. it's already yeah. shattered. You can't do much yeah. more damage. I've already trashed the bike. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, for, a round can cost anywhere upwards of you know say eight eight to ten thousand dollars just for my category obviously the higher you go the more expensive it goes like yes i think a tire bill for you know the super sport or even you know sorry the 600s or even the thousands it's upwards of like 50 grand just for the tires. just for tires just for just the for, tires. for the year yep wow yep. and, and how obviously you many... add yeah, yeah testing into that as well like yeah it's a it's an expensive sport.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How many rounds a year are you racing in? Uh, about seven. Seven rounds yep. of a year at yep. roughly, you know, five. Would you say five or eight? Anywhere, eight, anywhere eight, between five to ten depending grand. Depending on if you depends. crash it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I,
1: um, that time where I ran over my, um, oh, that wasn't even that one. But you know, if you ride off a bike, I wrote off a twenty-five thousand dollar Moto three. Once in one weekend, and that was, that was 25 grand right there because wow. I couldn't ride it anymore. So, you know, yeah. even at Phillip Island, Trashed. I've written an R3 off at Phillip Island at the very last race of the year, I wrote it off at turn one. Um, <laughs> turn one yeah, race. Turn one, yeah, turn one. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that wasn't exactly the right. best way to end it. Get the, the whole year. weekend to so, sit there and. But, you know, you, you go to a round and you're like, yeah, cool, this can happen. But, you know, we're all that determined to get out there that. In a way, the cost just doesn't really come to mind because you always yeah. just figure it out. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's
0: hobby is like that regardless. Yeah, it just exactly. depends on what you're... So the Yamaha R3, uh, can I see these on the road? Like, are they, how, how close to this is a Yamaha road bike? If yeah, I'm...
1: so when, when we buy the bikes, they're completely road spec. Um, yep. Yeah. Obviously, these bikes you can ride on the road and that's how they start off as well. Um, if you're poor like me, I actually bought this bike was a write-off from somebody else. So I bought this on from the wreckers pretty much for two grand and just did it up myself. Nice. Um, And that was just instead. So I didn't have to buy a $8,000 brand new R3.
0: Right.
1: Uh, So yeah obviously we take off all of the race uh race glass sorry we take off all of the road glass and put on race glass and that's why there's no lights or anything on them so these are specifically designed race fairings um and then we unplug all of the abs we obviously change all of the foot pegs um and stuff like that so that they're all race spec as well um yeah there's a fair bit of stuff that we did to get the bike all ready to race and it does all add up a add off a fair bit um but yeah these bikes you can yeah ride ride on the road <laughs> so, have
0: you ever ridden this one on the road And the- funnily the-
1: enough i don't have my road bike license no. no well i was going to
0: ask you if you rode a bike on a daily no. on the daily
1: no i'd lose my license straight away i know i would It'd be
0: too too loose yeah like yeah. you
1: just go around roundabout and you just put your knee down like you know yeah. you wouldn't even think <laughs> twice about it like I know I find it pretty boring in a way that you'd have a speed limit because I'm so used to not having a speed limit. Like you go down the straight at Phillip Island at 200k an hour, and you're just like, "Come on, like, do you want to go any faster? Like, this is really boring." And the police
0: pull you over and say you're riding unsafely. I'm like, "Well, not really."
1: Yeah, no, much not. Do you want to see how fast it can go? I can show you if you you actually
0: only doing 120, and (laughs) yeah, yeah, I've done it more than that. Uh, You talk about riding around a roundabout and putting your knee on the ground. I was wondering whether, when you look at when when I look at people riding motorbikes or learning motorbikes, and they rubbing their knee on purpose, rubbing their knee on the ground, sparks, whatever. Well, it used to be sparks, but now they use Kevlar I or something, that right? Anymore. So there's no spark. <laughs> not cool. Uh, yes. And elbows and stuff. Is that something that is is that like a natural progression that you just slowly get better and better, or do you just have to rip the Band-Aid off one day and just go? Oh, I'm just gonna. I'm just going to have to get around this corner and rub my knee on the ground just so I can say that I've done it and then it'll become easier.
1: It's not a scary thing, funnily enough. And everyone thinks, like, oh, doesn't that that hurt? Like, (laughs) you know, doesn't it hurt doing that? Isn't it scary? But, you know, it scared me the very first time that I did do it, but I was also... 12 years old or something <laughs> like that um but you know for me i remember my progression being um when i was on the ktm 65 so i didn't start road racing on an actual road bike i started it on a ktm 65 and just put slick tires so on a normal dirt bike of, you would have on a the normal dirt yes yeah, so yeah. a norm, normal dirt bike and instead of the motocross tires i put on road tires, tires yeah. um so i remember i firstly scraped my toe on the ground um, with my toe sliders, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm cool. I'm really quick." And then you know it went to your knee, and then oh, I'm not cool enough to get my elbow down. I've gotten it down yeah. in a crash, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. but yeah, no, not cool enough quite for the elbow. But no, it's not. It's not a scary thing, and you know, it's actually there's actually a bit of science behind it. Like when you scrape your knee, that's actually your Um, you use it as a basis as to how close you are to the road. So it's also there. So you use your knee if you are going around a corner and you tuck the front, you actually use your knee to pick yourself back up. So some people, their riding technique, they'll plant their leg on the ground and they'll keep it there the whole entire time. But for me, I... Touch my knee on the ground, and then I just pick it up slightly, and I just I use that as my basis as a bit as of a how, feeler. Yeah, just yeah. A bit of, you know, and then you know, and then when you do go to tuck the front, you know that your knee's right there on the ground, and you can pick it up to save it. So there's actually like you know a little bit of a, a little bit of a technique. You know, watch some Mark Marquez footage, and you'll see exactly <laughs> uh, what I mean by that one. <laughs> I,
0: I see guys like Mark Marquez and and uh, those guys. They don't walk very well anymore. They they've all got limps.
1: Yep, all of them. I think if you see, um, is it Daryl Daryl Beatty? Daryl Beatty yes. missing yeah, fingers. Yeah, he's only got like one toe on one. Of yeah. his on one of his. They get him jammed shoes. in between the road yeah. and the brake
0: levers and stuff, and the, yep. and the, and their fingers in For between. For me the-
1: as well, like obviously having long hair, um, I my biggest fear is having, and that's why I wear my hair up in a bun like inside my helmet. But my biggest fear is if my hair was sticking out, if I crash and have my hair go through my back tire, that ah. has always been my. Biggest fear. Bucket list? No. <laughs> Definitely not, but like just getting de scalped on a motorbike is oh, not Not there for me, but it's always a. It's a Does that b- happen? No, no, so you're, not you're, yet. Fingers don't
0: YouTube it just in case it happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. you, <laughs> you might look it up on, up
1: my <laughs> You might
0: look it up on YouTube and find 4,000 videos of it happening yeah, and you'll it never happening, ride again.
1: Probably wouldn't
0: do it. <laughs> you, you might say, well, shave my hair. Off. You would have actually shaved, yeah, you wouldn't never ride again. You'd shave your head. <laughs> um, Is that your aim? Like, would you love to be...
1: I'd love to be a professional racer, but, you know, it's one of those that, you know, an actual professional racer, racing in the World Championship, but you can only go as far as your wallet can go. Your talent can take you so far, but anything above that, you need to have the money to back you. Like, I've had opportunities to race in a World Championship. I've had opportunities to race in a Spanish Championship, a Junior European Championship, but each and every one of them come with a cost Price and takes. it doesn't matter even if you race in the world championship everyone's still paying for a ride no one's really unless you're you know Marc marquez or something like right. that you know fabio quadraro those those kind of people they're getting paid but you know even the top riders in the moto three class and whatnot right they almost renting all bikes, paying, yeah, like they're all, yeah, they're all paying their ride in, yeah in, in a team so you know if i classify them as a professional racer obviously they are they do it as a full-time job but you know there's still somebody behind them paying for that right yeah sponsors you you can't yeah getting a free ride is very close to impossible (laughs) yeah right
0: yeah uh and especially in australia i'd imagine it's not it's not a massive massive sport
1: no not at all so
0: if money was no object so i I gave you a a blank check and said knock yourself out i'm an extremely rich podcaster (laughs) um what, what would that do for you like what would you what could you achieve if you if money was no object
1: i could definitely race in a world championship and you know like i said i've, I've been given those opportunities plenty of times in the past but just never had the had never had the money to back me the cash. with yeah. it to, to help me do it and you know so there's so many talented people in australia racing motorbikes who could go so far in the sport but just can't afford to do it and you know I'm, I'm not the only one who could go over there and you know go overseas and race there's so many ride- riders yeah. in australia who could and it's sad in a way that you know the talent does only get you so far and anything more than that you yeah. have you know you need, upwards need to... of two hundred thousand dollars to race
0: when i was young i always wanted to i always wanted to race go-karts that was my that was my thing that i wanted to do and dad would always say it's very cheap to get into racing go-karts. So for you know, you could go and buy a setup for a couple of thousand dollars, you get some tires with it, you chuck it on the back of the trailer or whatever. And you could race and you'd have a great time, but you'd be back of the pack. Yep. If you want to win, then you start to look at ten grand, fifteen grand, you get a yep. but yeah,
1: And that's what it is here in Australia as well. Like, that's what it is. Even now, like, you know, I didn't race. Obviously, we haven't raced this year and last year as well. I only did half of the season um, for other reasons. But, um, you know, right now there's a new model of an R3 that's come out that I can't afford to buy. And that R3 is – the spec of it is just a lot better. The engines inside it is better. All of the suspension – is better as well, and, you know, so I'm already, if I was to race an Australian Championship next year, I'm already that kind of one step behind because I don't have the money behind me to to buy a bike, but I still love what I do. I still believe in myself when it comes to racing, and I know that I can still be up the front, but, you know, the sport is just ever-changing, and, you know, the hardest thing with my class as well is that it's it's the progression for for a lot of children. So, you know, a lot of people in that class are 14, 15 years old. Right. So... You know, a lot of their parents obviously are paying for it and, you know, I was the same when I was that age. My parents were paying for it and I was riding a $25,000 Moto3 but the second that I had to start paying for it, I couldn't right. obviously afford that and that's why I went to the R3 class. So, you know, I do everything that I can and, you know, so does Ted, my partner, and, you know, we just do what we can to make it work. <laughs> How
0: many people in your class are going to turn up next year with that new R3? Pretty
1: much nearly all of them. Really? Yeah. Most of them will turn Most. up with that new bike? Yeah, yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And you'll be relegated to the back with... uh
1: well, oh, no, because I know. Hopefully. But but hopefully. <laughs> ho- hopefully not. But you'll have pure
0: motivation to, to drive past them. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know, there's still nothing wrong with this bike. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's really nothing wrong with it. But obviously, yeah, everything is always changing, and yeah. they change to make things better. But hopefully, I can get myself another bike. But I'm I'm pretty happy. I love my. You little love baby, this little bike, so, yeah? Yeah. This is my first bike actually that I um that I purchased myself and completely got ready all myself. So what's its you know, name? i don't actually have a name for really i thought you'd have have to growing up having names like my moto 3 was called rex my moriwaki 250 was called penelope like always had a name (laughs) but i just i don't know just nothing stuck
0: yeah, and they just no. haven't, yeah.
1: It's open. If anyone wants a name for this bike, like, go for it. <laughs> right. I laughed at
0: the seat when I came in because I thought the seat had been removed and you were, like, reupholstering it or something. But that's, no, that is, that's no, the that's seat. It? Yep. There's, there's not much to it.
1: No, there's absolutely nothing to it at it's all. It's not built for comfort, is it? No, no, not at all. And then, yeah, obviously, that's where you grip on with your knees. Hang on, hang you're on with that. And yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're getting close to, to being finished. It's a. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing sort of sport that you do, and obviously very uncommon. Um, rub the magic lamp, and the genie comes out, and you get your wish. Do you wish for uh, you to have the money and to have the backing to mix it with the best in the in your mixed categories in those super sports or the six hundreds or, or higher Australian superbikes? Uh, in the mixed category or do you wish for more women to be involved so that you can race in your own category?
1: I would definitely go to have the money in the backing. I, yeah. I've never liked the idea of having an all-female class because, again, that just segregates us and just yeah. is still, it's just, if anything, it'll just broaden that whole misconception that we need to have our own class and yeah. that we can't be competitive. And, you know, we've there's been sort of fem, there's been talks of having a female class and I've always been the first one to say, no, I don't. I don't want it we don't need it like you know there's a female classes in motocross and there's a whole separate world championship for motocross female riders but you know if Anna Carrasco can win a world championship against males being yeah. the only female there you know and she can win a world championship if Avalon Biddle can win a New Zealand championship then why why do yeah, we need yeah. It? So, so yeah so take, take uh, the 100% go, go the money take the money <laughs> 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 so in, in
0: order to, to in order to finance this you're a journalist yep. with a minor in uh, criminology and criminal justice and sociology you sound like a cross between batman and superman you <laughs> oh, know with, with, like your, with your with your lair team here, here you know your bat den with your uh with your bike that doesn't have a name yeah no, and uh studying that, people's <laughs> criminal histories and blah 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 what, what do you do with that
1: Um, So, yeah, obviously the journalism came in because I've just always been, a lot of our stuff is all, uh, you know, televised live. Uh, I've just always been around uh, anything to do with sort of broadcast media and stuff like that and I've just always really liked it. Um, I did a few news reports and stuff with uh, like reporters from Channel 7 and Channel 9 and whatnot and... um, Totally Wild? Totally Wild, yeah, 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 that... uh, I grew up watching uh, Totally
0: Wild after school. I cringed a
1: little bit when I watched that um, (laughs) back little little 15-year-old Taylor, but... um, so you know and every single time that I would do a news story with them and you know get interviewed or something like that everyone would always say like you talk really really well for someone of your age yeah um, and, you know I just would always brush it off and then did the totally wild story and it was very professional she, yeah she and um, Ellie the um, the girl who re- like you know yeah, the did reporter. the report with me she we sort of finished the day of filming and she was like have you ever thought of doing this as a job and I was like oh yeah I've had a few people say it to me but no I never really thought about it and she was like I reckon you should like, you know, you've got the personality, you, you speak really well, you clearly yeah. know what you're talking about sort of thing. And um, You're still in touch like, with her? Yeah, 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 really? yeah. So She still follows everything that I do. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, the, the final sort of straw with my journalism was when I did a live report, um, like in the MotoGP pre-show. Um, that was at the Fox Sports studios in Sydney and yeah, did a live show um, and, yeah, finished that and they, they all just said as well, they were like, you know, you should, you should do this as a job and uh, someone from Fox Sports kind of, you know, guided me through it for the next few years, uh, just making sure that I was still going to do a journalism degree and, you know, yeah, really. here I am. So. They've got their eyes on you. Yeah, hopefully, but, you know, I did it because I, motorsport's been my life since the day that i can remember and i know that one day i'm not going to be able to race anymore full-time or anything like that but there was no way that i could just step away from the sport altogether because it's defined who i am it's it's shaped who i am it's made me the person who i am today and to walk away from that and not do anything with all of those years experience I feel like it would be a little bit of a waste um so you know to combine my passion with my sport my passion for the industry and you know just stay in there and all those connections that I made it's sort of it's a no-brainer you could do a
0: um commentary from under the helmet yeah mic up the whole time just Talk the whole time. Did you see
1: the Sam Mack episode from um, Sam Mack? came to Phillip Island before one of our race meets and went on the back of Troy Bayless. Oh, he swore the whole way down the main street on live TV. See, <laughs> so so like the weatherman ones. or something, yeah. The weather, right? The, the crazy weather segments yeah. they do, yeah. It was yeah. The best thing I'd ever watched, had just beat the whole time, <laughs> yep yeah. Yep. How do you sit on the
0: back of one of the, There was a purpose built, <laughs> you can pillion bikes, purpose built two seater, yeah. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so that's
1: where the, that's where the passion sort of started, and yeah, where I am now. So obviously, I'm not in motorsport journalism at the moment, but I'm pretty content with where I am at Fitz Media. Um, yeah. you know, doing all the local news stuff there. But hopefully, you know, I'm still young. I still have a lot more years behind me to race. Uh, I but, think Fitz has you know, got
0: you earmarked for a lot of speedway work. So I know,
1: and I know, and it just needs to like you it know, needs to that, hurry just, up. yeah, it just needs to all get right. started and just yeah. you know, do some sort We're, of motorsport. <laughs> yeah,
0: we should be back. It should be back January one. What do you, do you know, speedway?
1: I never really followed it a great deal. My no. friend Luke who I was talking about yeah. earlier, um, he used to take me to the Speedway back when we were both in school. We Archerfield to, we, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Archerfield Speedway. Yep, we would sort of pack up all our school bags and you know his dad would pick us up from school and we'd go off to Archerfield and go race you know watch all the speedway cars for for the night um, but that was really that was it really a while ago. so yeah yeah, yeah. but know, any, anything with a motor with a uh, with an engine in it um I'm pretty happy with you them. might get to
0: drive one of them they might give you the give you the keys to one of those one day oh <laughs> uh,
1: look with my um crash history record <laughs> I fences are a bit close. close yeah yeah no gravel traps yeah <laughs> no <laughs> all
0: right Taylor I think we're just about got through everything we need to get through. Um, I do think it's uh, incredible that uh, what you do and the amount of money that you put into it. But uh, I do believe that with your the motivation that's clearly coming out that you you'll you will go far. Um, just need to find a. Uh, I don't know some sort of rich benefactor or someone that yeah
1: I know someone
0: yeah. that's got a lot I of money. Did,
1: I, did, I did the I did the wrong thing by dating someone who raced a motorbike. Yeah, oh, because that's like right. you know I don't even have a boyfriend who has money because we're basically yeah. broke as anything. But we have got two really cool bikes to show from us. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any money that comes in gets, uh, <laughs> gets
1: it gets out straight away. You, you, yep. you
0: have to wrestle him for it to see yep. who gets to spend yep. yeah, on well, their bike. Yeah,
1: well, literally, like you know, it gets to a stage with racing where. Even when you're working and you don't think, like, oh, I just finished a day of work, you're actually just like, cool, well, that paid for a set of tyres today. Yeah. Like, yeah, cool, Right, on to the next day. Like, what will tomorrow pay for? <laughs> don't worry about food. No, <laughs> two-minute noodles, it's fine. It's a really healthy diet. <laughs> two-minute noodles and Michelin tyres. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what it's your really wage matters. goes to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you very, very much. for having me. Thanks for classing me as an interesting person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Sure are. All right, goodbye. See you.